Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 95 on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down and kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is the Lord our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved for this generation and said, It is the people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 37, beginning at verse 25, where we left off on Tuesday. I have been young, and now am old, and yet saw I never the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging their bread. The righteous is ever merciful, and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Flee from evil, and do the thing that is good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth the thing that is right. He forsaketh not his that be godly, but they are preserved forever. The unrighteous shall be punished. As for the seed of the ungodly, it shall be rooted out. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous is exercised in wisdom, and his tongue will be talking of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart, and his goings shall not slide. The ungodly watcheth the righteous, and seeketh occasion to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Hope thou in the Lord, and keep his way, and he shall promote thee, that thou shalt possess the land. When the ungodly shall perish, thou shalt see it. I myself have seen the ungodly in great power, and flourishing like a green bay tree. I went by, and lo, he was gone. I sought him, but his place could nowhere be found. Keep innocency, and take heed unto the thing that is right for that shall bring a man peace at the last. As for the transgressors, they shall perish together, and the end of the ungodly is they shall be rooted out at the last. But the salvation of the righteous cometh of the Lord, who is also their strength in the time of trouble. The Lord shall stand by them and save them. He shall deliver them from the ungodly and shall save them because they put their trust in him. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 23rd chapter of the book of Genesis. Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. So Sarah died in Kariath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Then Abraham stood up from before his dead and spoke to the sons of Heth, saying, I am a foreigner and a visitor among you. Give me property for a burial place among you, that I may bury my dead out of my sight. And the sons of Heth answered Abraham, saying to him, Hear us, my lord, you are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our burial places. None of us will withhold from you his burial place, that you may bury your dead. Then Abraham stood up and bowed himself to the people of the land, the sons of Heth. And he spoke with them, saying, If it is your wish that I bury my dead out of my sight, hear me, and meet with Ephraim the son of Zohar for me, that he may give me the cave of Machpelah which he has, which is at the end of his field. Let him give it to me for the full price, as property for a burial place among you. Now Ephraim dwelt among the sons of Heth, and Ephraim the Hittite answered Abraham in the presence of the sons of Heth, all who entered at the gate of the city, saying, No, my lord, hear me. I give you the field and the cave that is in it. I give it to you in the presence of the sons of my people. I give it to you. Bury your dead. Then Abraham bowed himself down before the people of the land, and he spoke to Ephraim in the hearing of the people of the land, saying, If you will give it to me, please hear me. I will give you money for the field. Take it from me, and I will bury my dead there. And Ephraim answered Abraham, saying to him, My lord, listen to me. The land is worth four hundred shekels of silver. What is that between you and me? So bury your dead. And Abraham listened to Ephraim, and Abraham weighed out the silver for Ephraim, which he had named in the hearing of the sons of Heth, four hundred shekels of silver, currency of the merchants. So the field of Ephraim, which was in Machpelah, which was before Mamre, the field and the cave which was in it, and all the trees that were in the field, which were within the surrounding borders, were deeded to Abraham as a possession in the presence of the sons of Heth before all who went in at the gate of his city. And after this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah, before Mamre, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. So the field and the cave that is in it were deeded to Abraham by the sons of Heth as property for a burial place. Here endeth the first lesson. Benedictus says on page 11, Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, Praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven. Praised and exalted above all forever. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the sixth verse of the fourth chapter of the first epistle of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. For who makes you different from one another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? You are already full. You are already rich. You have reigned as kings without us. And indeed, I could wish you did reign, that we also might reign with you. For I think that God has displayed us, the apostles, last, as men condemned to death. For we have been made a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are dishonored. To the present hour we both hunger and thirst. We are poorly clothed and beaten and homeless and we labor, working with our own hands. Being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we endure. Being defamed, we entreat. We have been made as the filth of the world, the off-scouring of all things until now. I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore I urge you, imitate me. For this reason I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach everywhere, in every church. Now some are puffed up, as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you shortly, if the Lord wills, and I will know not the power of those who are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod, or in love, and a spirit of gentleness? Here endeth the second lesson. Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high had visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, 
and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord, who for our sake didst fast forty days and forty nights, give us grace to use such abstinence that our flesh, being subdued to the Spirit, we may ever obey thy godly motions in righteousness and true holiness to thy honor and glory who livest and reignest with the Father and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth the eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, and all assaults of our enemies, that we surely trusting in thy defense may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who hast safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning to all. Our lessons today seem to have a connection on this idea of, of the gift. Uh, St. Paul uh, tells the Corinthians, what have you received? What do you have that you haven't received? And we think with the Abraham, you know, the, remember that the land that he is in is a gift, God's gift to him. I'll give you the land and I'll also give you many descendants and all these gifts that Abraham was going to receive. Um, the interesting thing about the gift is God has given it to him, but Abraham does not yet have his full possession of it. And in order, paradoxically, to receive the gift, 
Abraham has had to labor <laughs> quite hard uh, since it was first dated to him in Genesis 12. We read through his various trials and travails. And the point, it seems, in the story, at least a point of the long trials and travails of Abraham are highlighting for Abraham that it is a gift, that God will do it in his good time by his power, and Abraham has to simply continue on in faith and faithfulness until the time comes for God to fulfill this promise. So Abraham so, you know, comes to the promised land from his home country, goes to Egypt and back, encounters various things, tries to fulfill the promise on his own. None of that really works. And then finally, Sarah gets pregnant. And now he has this land he's supposed to inherit that's a gift. And he doesn't really, but he doesn't own any of it. And, and the land that's going to be his, he has to pay an exorbitant price to Ephron just to get a burial site for his um, for his people because there's no place to bury. And But the, the burial site has a, a profound symbolic value because it, the, the burying the dead in the land is a symbol of resurrection because Abraham uh, will fully come into his inheritance, the, or at least the descendants of Abraham will fully come into their inheritance in the resurrection. So burying the dead, awaiting the resurrection, awaiting the full possession, all that symbolic value is there. But the idea of, of, of our long sojourn as pilgrims is to learn to trust God more and not to think that we're getting the land through some of, somehow through our own strength, our own power, but we trust in God. And the more we're able to yield, the more God's able to give us uh, his, his promises. And this comes over to our first Corinthians lesson, where they're really, again, arguing. Um, the, the argument is, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos. But the sub-argument is that a, a, a faction in Corinth likes the more attractive personage and, and uh, speaking skills of Apollos, where Paul is just not that physically impressive. And so they're starting to have factions. I'm, I belong to this guy, I belong to that guy. <clears throat> and St. Paul makes the point, you know, what do you have that you didn't receive? It's all a gift. And in the context of the body of Christ, if pa Apollos has the ability to speak in a certain way that's better, that's great for everybody. He can speak, and Paul has the ability to teach the way he does. You can value both gifts without denigrating one gift. And this is something important to value everybody in the body of Christ. It's all a gift. And it's interesting when St. Paul is defending himself, he never defends himself <clears throat> on the terms of his opponents, but always defends himself by explaining how much he suffered, that, that we are, we are, you know, made, you know, we, we are the offscouring of the earth. We're, we're a, 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 you know, a, a negative example to everyone. But the point is, what really proves St. Paul's ministry is that <clears throat> through all the tests that he has faced, he has continued on. He believes. And therefore, the perseverance itself is the, is the proof that St. Paul's ministry is, <clears throat> is valid. He's not doing it just because it's profitable for him. And we have this tendency in, in the Christian life. We remember the, the Corinthians, they're the people when they get to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where they're, you know, they're all proud of their spiritual gifts. They speak in tongues. They have the gift of prophecy. All these great spiritual things are going on. But we see throughout the letter that they're also guilty of great spiritual maturity. 
<clears throat> they're fighting with each other and all kinds of things are happening. And we tend to do the same thing to, to feel proud about something we have or do or, or, or belong to um, and, and make the gospel a matter of pride rather than a matter of sheer gift. And it's why for us in Lent that when we, we it, it is profitable to think upon the things that God has given us that are hard. Um, St. Paul, it will be by 2 Corinthians, we'll learn he has a thorn in the flesh as a gift also, because the things that we have that, that humble us remind us that everything we have is a gift. And we're more able to receive the gift, the more able we're to surrender to God in faith rather than grabbing pridefully or thinking that this is something I'm doing. And so salvation is a gift. It's a gift of the promised land to Abraham. It's a gift to us of salvation through the Spirit. And as we learn um, to, to practice humility, and that's what our that's why our um, Lent is a preparation for Easter, where we fast and humble ourselves, say no to things. And, and as we turn away from things and say no and humble ourselves, we're able to receive more of what God is giving us. And so we should think during Lent of, of the struggles of our lives, the things that keep us humble. That's what we should be proud of because it reminds us without Christ, we're nothing. We, we don't have it. You know, we can't be saved without him. And the more we get full of ourselves, the more, we, the more prideful we get, the more contentious and divisive we get, and the, the more we think we can do this on our own. So <clears throat> remember today that salvation is a gift, and we, we pray during the season of Lent to be able to, uh, to learn a new humility that surrenders and embraces the weak things of life that we're forced to endure as a way of showing us that, that God means to give it to us, give all to us as a gift. So a few thoughts about the lessons. We'll continue with a prayer for all conditions of men on page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men. Thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit and the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are anyways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please you to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we then and worthy servants to give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men.
We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. Good to be with you all for morning prayer. Peace. Have a good day. Thank you, Bishop.